This is episode five of the Tell Me Your Story podcast. Say something, I'm giving up on you. Say something, I'm giving up on you. <laughs> you know, crab? No, I kept running around like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are winging it. Today, we just briefly discussed what we're going to talk about. Um, today on the show, we're having Shamila. Hey. And I can't pronounce your last name. Would you like to pronounce it for the ladies and gentlemen? Absolutely. Shamila Iqbal. Wonderful. Um, and I've known Shamila for a while now, but I think, um, this is probably one of the first opportunities I've been able to have to get to know you on like a deeper level. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, and I think that you have a unique experience and perspective because, um, you weren't born here and your parents have uh, a unique culture that maybe not a lot of people are exposed to. Certainly I haven't um at all and so it's really interesting to hear your perspective and how it has influenced you and who you are today and what you want to share with the world let's do it (laughs) (laughs) okay so go ahead and um introduce yourself uh who are you and what's your story okay um my name is shmile sultana iqbal uh 29 years ago in the jungles of asia (laughs) kidding um but serious but serious no (laughs) so i was born in the holy cross hospital in Dhaka, bangladesh and then moved here when i was one years old um we first lived in new york city and then my parents separated and then we moved to virginia my grandfather was a diplomat, so we had uh, we had ties in the D.C. area. Okay. So, um, and yeah, since then, I've, I've been in the D.C. area since. Did a brief stint in New York City for college. Uh, came right back, and now I'm just living it up. Uh, jobless. <laughs> <laughs> COVID's great. <laughs> COVID, COVID, uh, COVID is actually pretty great. Yeah, totally. Honestly, though, yeah, uh, COVID, the, the uh, virus, horrible, but uh, what it brought to my life was a lot of uh, peace and tranquility, as ironic as that may be. Um, yeah. I, unfortunately, uh, not a lot of people are as lucky as me, and I understand that, but for me, COVID woke me up. Yes, I think that you, we kind of had a brief conversation last week about how you feel like you finally can think for yourself yes 100 percent. uh we're in a pandemic right now and this is the most living i've ever done in my life um i never thought like grabbing a cup of coffee with a friend would be as fun as it is for me and it's like the simplest things are bringing me pleasure but before um I wasn't enjoying life and I was not really living for myself. I, mm-hmm. I was living for this image that I created. Yeah. And what is that image? Well, you know, um, I dropped out of college my third year and, uh, you know, I always felt like I really needed to prove myself to uh, my family mm-hmm. and my peers. So um, after I dropped out of college, like I couldn't find a job like anywhere like all my friends had all these corporate 
office jobs and that's all I've ever wanted. Um, and I, I couldn't get a job. I didn't have experience. So I was working all, all these retail jobs and then I finally got, you know, my big girl job. And since then I've been just trying to prove myself to everyone that, uh, I am this like juicy yuppie that, um, like they want me to be. Yeah. I feel like that when you're in the DC area and you're a young adult, trying to find your path it's like so much pressure right to like be in the right place at the right time and you know we're meeting all these hashtag milestones that we need to right meet um i mean you went to college here yeah in you, dc you totally know you... i totally know and i it totally understand how people speak about it too it's like when you introduce yourself what do you do, what do, you do, you do? for a living? What do you what do? You do? do? If, I could, if I hear that one more time, I will cut my ear off. What do you do? I should honestly, like, next time someone asks me that, I should tell them I strip and see their reaction. Oh like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I work at Burger King. Like, thank you for asking me about my, my career. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, And I think that because of COVID, a lot of people... Not saying that's a bad thing, by the way. Just, like... Yeah, uh, not something people would expect when when they're asking, "What do you do?" Yeah, I think people want expect you to meet all these standards, expectations, requirements for your whatever your your age is, mm-hmm. your age bracket, your demographic. Like you should be here, and right. if you're not there, it's like, oh, okay, and you're like, oh yeah, like geez like I didn't know that it was a big deal that I'm doing this you know and um I totally understand where you're coming from so that definitely influenced you what other people thought or where you thought you should be based off of that 100% like I always felt like I needed to prove a point to people but I didn't realize it was not them I was proving a point to it was myself Mm -hmm. like which is so weird because true me like what do I want in life? I want to one day be married and have a family, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as career to, to be honest, like if I have a job that provides me X amount of money, whether that be, you know, um, you being an engineer or, or I don't know, working in retail, whatever it may be, what I would want in life is to have a work-life balance. Mm -hmm. So to someday have a family, yeah, to go on vacation, to go on trips, you know, you don't want to like live to work and meet these expectations. I want to work to live. Yeah, you want to like be able to live and do all the things that you want and have those memories. Where before it was like you were trying to meet all these expectations mm-hmm. of others and society. I was not very happy, um, and like not only not only like was I so obsessed with like the idea of being like this like DC career woman. Mm. Um, I was also judging others for not having the same ambitions as me. Mm-hmm. That really like hindered my own self growth mm-hmm. and like d- hindered a lot of relationships around me. I was just about to ask how did that affect like your social group or your friends or your family? How did that affect um, that? <clears throat> I mean, you meet what you put out. Right. And I was like meeting um, all of these like pretty people they are so pretty on the outside, but inside, they really offered nothing. And I'm, I I know that sounds really mean to say. Like, I'm sure they offer something to some level, but we were not on the same frequency or wavelength. 
But, however, I kept attracting those types of people in my life. That um, weren't making you fulfilled or, like, happy. They weren't it genuine was, relationships. They were, they were not genuine relationships. Um, and they liked me for what I put on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all the preppy clothes I wear, like, that's what they saw. They didn't see, you know, Shamila for, you know, who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I dressed the whole part. Uh, you know, I, I had my barber jacket. I wore J. Crew. I wore Banana Republic. Mm-hmm. Troy Birch Flats. All of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was fun for you to do that and, and dress the part, but was, you didn't feel connected to people. Not at all. Um, they was it like a wall that was put up between you? It was not a wall. It was like I just you know. For so such a long time, like, and I guess this has to do with like being just picked on, like my whole life. Okay. Not only just you know by like my peers, but also my family. Like, I used to think that the biggest bullies were the ones in school. The biggest bullies were the ones I was living with, and mm-hmm. you know it's just Asian culture. I guess it shouldn't be a norm. Um, and I'm so happy that people are finally speaking up about it because there's a lot of like backwards thinking, especially now that we're in America, like. We need to, you know, keep moving and not okay. keep the bad parts of our culture. Yeah. So you were born in Bangladesh mm-hmm. and you're a year old coming here. How old were your parents when they moved here? My mom was 19, no, 20. Okay. She was 20. My dad came here. Um, I actually don't know, but um, he, he li- lived here in the 80s. Okay. And what's... Is it Bengali is how you would say, like, Bengali culture? or so, yeah, Bengali culture. Bengali culture. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say Bangladesh culture. I didn't get it, like, wrong. You can so say Beng- Bangladeshi or Bengali. So, okay. the difference is Bengali, like, when you say, sometimes people get confused. You're like, oh, you're Bengali, you're from India. Because there's a section in um, in uh, in India uh, with Bengalis. We're all Bengali, though. You know, they're just, they're in India and they practice Hinduism, but, like, in Bangladesh, predominantly Islam, right? Okay. But you can say Bengali. I, I say Bengali all the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, But Bangladesh right. is the country. Right. And your family was Islamic. Yes, they okay. are Muslims. Muslim, mm-hmm. okay. Um, what is that like? I mean, obviously, huge clash. Um, I Living in America oh. and... Your family it has such an ingrained culture. I mean, at first, like, I remember when I was five years old and, like, kindergarten. No, I was, yeah, I was five. And, like, I just heard about Christmas for the first time. And to me, that was so magical. I could not believe it. <laughs> could not believe that a man would come down to your house and give you presents. <laughs> I was so excited. And uh, I came home with, like, Christmas cards and, you know, all the arts and crafts you make in elementary school, right? Yeah. I came home. And I asked my mom, I was like, so, so Santa Claus is coming? My mom, bless her heart, yelled at me and said, oh, do not believe in Santa Claus. That is haram. Oh my God. What is haram? Haram is uh, the opposite of halal. Um, haram is like bad. Okay. Um, it's like unpure. Okay. Yeah. Haram. Wow. Yeah. And how... I mean, What's that's that? literally the story of my freaking life. Okay. It's like me getting excited about things and then my parents like dragging me down. Okay. And it was like this clash between the culture that, you know, you probably loved 
part of you loved it, but then a part of you hated it. I don't want to speak for you. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, okay, do I love being Bengali? Fuck yeah. Okay. Do I think, like, <laughs> seriously, I think it's, like, our history is so freaking cool. And, like, the more I learn about it, the more I'm, like, I'm so proud to be Bengali. Um, but I'm also an American, you know? Yeah. This is my country, and, and I live here. I'm a citizen of this country. I actually gave up my citizenship in Bangladesh. I was born there, but... Yeah, this is my country too, you know, and you know, I lived here my whole entire life. So, uh, I, I love my Bengali heritage, but my culture is American, mm-hmm. you know, and does it clash a lot with my, my family? 100%, you know, it's so strange to me because in Bangladesh, they try to copy India and India tries to copy Europe, right? From super westernized countries, they're trying to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Bangladesh, the kids there are buck wild. And on top of that, they can pay off the cops, you know, over here. If, if I were to <laughs> oh do some God. crazy stuff that I hear Bengali kids doing in Bangladesh, um, I would get arrested immediately. But, um, it, like, so yeah, in Bangladesh, like, you know, people that are not in the villages, the city folk, they are so horny to be Western while in America, we're in a Western country and like people are so horny to preserve this Bengali culture that I feel like they don't even teach their kids properly. Okay. You know what I mean? Like we do these plays and we do these shows, but we don't really talk about the history. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about how, you know, we were part of Pakistan and then, you know, the liberation war. I, I feel like I never experienced that in my childhood. What I experienced was you're a Muslim girl and Muslim girls don't do X. You're a Muslim girl and Muslim girls don't do this. You're a Muslim. You always have to remember that you're a Muslim girl. You're a Muslim girl. I'm other things too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and that's how my parents controlled me for a, a part of my life. You yeah. know? But yeah. Um, you were going to say something? No. Like, that's, I mean, I can't imagine how that has affected just your thought process on all, everything. I mean, what does a girl do when she's when she's not allowed to do anything? She fucking rebels. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, so I, you were rebellious. Oh, I was. I don't. I don't want to say I was like crazy, but I was pretty crazy in their eyes. You know, there was a point <laughs> where where my grandma was like, "Oh, I don't think we can handle her here in the states. I think she needs to go back to Bangladesh, and and she she needs to just go back, like." Mm-hmm. She's out of control, but, but like, to an American standard, if I were to tell, like, your parents, they would be like, wow, like, what an angel. But because it was to my Bengali parents who never had an American child, I was, the, I was first, you know, mm-hmm. I was first born, between, like, between, like, everyone. So I got, like, the heat of it. I got the worst of it mm-hmm. from, like, everyone. Okay. But if my cousins were to pull, like, the same stunts I would, nothing. You know, yeah, so you've little, got the brunt of it, and that's yeah. why you feel like they they controlled you. They were bullies, in a sense, to who you are and trying to identify who you are growing up. Right, and, like, here's the thing, too. I also understand they don't see it as bullying, and I and I say it's it was bullying because at the end of the day, like, they, they like, you know, felt more powerful than me, and they used words to bring me down. Even though I know from their perspective, like, I think what happened was they saw, like, certain parts of themselves in me, and they didn't want me to be disappointed, mm-hmm. so they tried to warn me, but that came off as yelling. It came off as bullying. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine parents, I mean, God forbid any anything 
um, negative in terms of like parenting. I don't want to speak where I don't know anything about because I'm definitely not a parent. But I, I would think parents would want the best for their children. And when they're reprimanding, I can only imagine that their thought process is to, you know, guide their children. And they don't realize the, I guess, the effect that they have on them mentally and emotionally. I mean, you know, you're right. 100%. I think, you know, ultimately our parents want what's best for us. And, you know, like they brought us into this world and like all they want to do is protect us, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, unfortunately in the Asian community, protecting means never letting them out of the house. Mm -hmm. But with me, like I'm freaking curious George over here. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like I need to explore and I need to learn and I need to understand. One thing that like my mom hated when I was younger, I always asked why it was always why after why after why after why. (laughs) Until she couldn't handle it anymore and she didn't talk too much to shut up. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> I'm curious about the world and what's around me. Um, so, so I kind of wanted just to touch on like the, the, I guess the rebellion or I guess like how you challenge them and how like it maybe they emotionally affected you or right. your thought processes. Because um, we kind of talked about, right. like, the different personalities and how before COVID, before quarantine, right. you really weren't able to I, – I know this was, this is what you said. I don't remember. I remember correctly. Sure, but, sure. like, thinking for yourself. So how did they influence you? How did society influence you? And why is it different now? Yeah. So, um, you know, I wish – I wish – I wish so much that, like – foreign parents wouldn't do this to their kids um you know I'm not trying to be kumbaya shit but like we are the same you know at the end of the day I feel like we all are very much equal Mm -hmm. um I think you know a lot has to do with luck where you know luck brings us a lot more than um we know Mm -hmm. um I think you know if you and I had the same amount of luck and we're put in the same place and had like, and we're brilliant. We would be successful. Right. Mm-hmm. But growing up, my family really told me like, they like drilled this in my head that because I'm not white, that I would have to work twice as hard. Mm-hmm. And I like wish instead of, you know, saying something like that, I wish they said, just follow your dreams mm-hmm. or, or. Wow. So they, they, said you were not equal to somebody else so you had to work harder correct so what is that what is what is how do you process that what do you feel when someone says that to you I mean it breaks my heart that like because my family obviously said that to me because they believe that to be true Uh you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Uh, they're not saying anything to bring me down what they're doing is they're protecting me so they're warning me they had harsh ways of doing it Mm -hmm. uh but you know in in some sense it, it was it was coming from love um, and I wish they didn't have to feel like that because I think, you know, this is what's so great about America is that, you know, you can come here and be whoever you truly want to be. Like tomorrow I could, I could be a boy, mm-hmm. you know, I could come out and say, Hey guys, like I decided that I'm male mm-hmm. and I could be a man tomorrow, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that's, what's so great about this, this place. And I think like there are places in this world that truly like will like stone you. 
Is that how it would be in in Bangladesh? Bangladesh is actually quite Western compared to like Middle East. Okay. Uh, no, but still, there are a lot of backwards thinking in like the Old villages, thought, yeah. right? Um, so you know what I mean, like in Bangladesh, up up until like recently, it's a lot more women's rights. But before, I I don't know, but the way that like my mom and my grandma raised me, it's it's very it's not very liberating to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Men got away with more, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I don't want to say I'm a feminist. I feel like I don't need to, you know, t- title, give myself like a title to say that I believe that you and I are equal. I think this you is just a, naturally it's, just a, it's think a natural thing to me. Like that, you and I are equal. Yeah. I'm equal with a man. Like, but you know, growing up, like I saw my uncle got away with a lot more stuff than um, I did. And your family taught you that if, right. if they don't. If you don't look white, then you're right. also not equal to them. Exactly. And so my whole life I struggled with living in America as a brown girl, you know, and I always wanted to be white. Mm-hmm. I never really cherished my, my brown skin. Do you think that played a role in why you dress the way you dress and why you had these aspirations? Oh, my 100%. I mean, when we think J. Crew, do we think urban? No. Think of a white, uh, like a, a a white lady, young white lady, young white professional, right? Uh, DC, DC, very DC. Everyone wears J. Crew in DC. Yeah. Um, I think you know, wanting so hard to like just be like, and my mom uses this. You know, earlier today I was making the joke, like, like while I was putting on my makeup, I was saying. Oh, you can just, you can keep putting a makeup on a pig. She'll still be a pig at the end of the day. And I was just joking. I don't think I'm a pig. Um, <laughs> but my mom would say, like, she, she believed me to be um, a crow. So what crows do, I don't know if this is true or not, but what they do is they take a peacock feather and they stick it on them mm. to pretend to be a peacock. And my mom continuously will say, like, you are a crow uh, with a peacock tail. Interesting. I've never heard that. It's before. just like you can put makeup on a pig all you want. You still pig at the end of the day. Same concept. Peacock on a peacock Hulk feather on, on a crow. crow. It's still a crow. crow. So I guess you know the reason why I was so like interested in having such an amazing career was because to prove my mom, like, look, I did it. Like you are a peacock. Like I am a peacock. Yeah, but she. Because you wanted to prove to her you're not a crow. I'm not a crow. Not just my mom, everyone else. I'm not a crow. But, you know, I also think that, like, we're all just, like, we're just all peacocks. Like, in our own right. In our own ways, right? We're We're all pigs with makeup. (laughs) (laughs) No, what I mean by that is that, like... Geez, I just hate to see people comparing themselves, and that's something that I've done my entire life too. And it's only recently that, like, I mean, even now sometimes I do, but it's it's more recently that I I have stopped comparing myself, and you know, being fucking go, yeah, it's comparing yourself to others, and that is honestly what killed me. That yeah. is what. That is what, like, made me suffer for 29 years of my life is constantly comparing myself to everyone else and that I forgot who I was. Yeah. And how did, when you compare yourself to others, when you're listening to your parents and society say you should be this, what are you feeling inside? 
geez, am I not fucking good enough? Like, can I just be me? Can I just be a bitch who wears sweatpants, socks and sandals, <laughs> extra large shirt, and like a freaking scrunchie in my hair? Like, can I just be her? Or a dress with Converse. Or a dress with Converse because <laughs> she got personality. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, geez. Yeah, comparing myself is one thing that um, really kills me. And I didn't realize I was doing this. But when you compare, you're judging others. And, like, the basis of comparison is judgment. Um, And, again, not trying to be kumbaya because, like, that is not me at all. I am chaos. Um, (laughs) I'm not tranquil or peaceful. I'm freaking chaos. Like, you you see me as a thunderstorm. And sometimes it's a hurricane. Like, I'm just wild. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm not trying to be kumbaya, but, like, the basis of comparison is judging. You're looking at someone. You're judging them based on their life. Then you're comparing it back to yourself. And then judging yourself. And then judging yourself. It's all so judgment. Then all this judgment in the world when everybody does it because everybody does it. Right. I admit that I've done it. I'm tr- I'm trying actively trying not to, and I've yeah. become even happier since stopping. Me too. It just clicked in my head what I was doing. I realized um, that. When I judge others, I'm also judging myself. And when I judge myself, the, my brain does not freaking stop. Mm. And when my brain doesn't stop, I can't sleep. And then when I can't sleep, I go freaking crazy. And then I go, <laughs> and then it's just, you know, it's, it's like a, a freaking cycle. And I needed it to fucking stop because I wasn't happy with the way my life was going. I was gaining weight. I was losing friends. I was not happy with my career choices. I was not happy with the people I was meeting or attracting. Things were just not going well for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, like nothing was, I was not happy and I couldn't, and like, I'm a creative girl. I've completely shunned that side of me because I thought, you know, to be a boss bitch in DC, you had to be this criteria of like, not fun, but serious. And I'm not a serious person, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And I you know see. what is so funny? Well, now that I'm, like, telling you my story, my personality is really what what um brought me so far in my career. It wasn't my hard work. It, it wasn't, wasn't your clothes. It wasn't my clothes. It was the personality. It was, like, how people felt when they were around me. Mm-hmm. They instantly smiled. Because as of a sad girl I was you know, around people, I knew how to turn it on. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what really brought me to where I was, where I was working at the Hill. Mm -hmm. So how, oh, oh, the alarm went off. There's a fire. (laughs) Is there a fire? I'm going to (laughs) die. Should we stop? Okay, we're going to stop recording for a moment. The commercial break is over. <laughs> the commercial we're break not is over. we're not dying of a hashtag fire. sponsored hashtag ad. <laughs> we're okay, guys. We we survived. There's just a, a mishap in in the kitchen. Um, back to what we were talking about, and I wanted to just ask you. Was, gosh. We were talking about my personality, my flourishing personality. Okay, yes. Okay, so you were comparing yourself. You weren't happy with yourself, mm-hmm. and you were realizing that your personality is what makes you unique and what connects with people. Right. And before, you weren't 
you, you before COVID, now COVID happened and now you're coming into yourself. What what was that realization that you had? I got everything taken away from me. Um, I that that job, you know, I didn't have it anymore. Um, you know, my social life, I didn't have it anymore. Um, what else? Yeah, I literally got everything taken away from me. Um, so I was stuck at home, you know, in my room, four walls, and I realized I was so lonely. Mm-hmm. And when you're lonely, you start reflecting, you know, and I started reflecting about, you know, the person I've become and how much of a cunt I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all go through things, right? Like life is not easy for any of us. Um, and I I have been victimizing myself for the past 29 years. I'm 29 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really um I never really took responsibility for my actions. I just constantly, you know, said I didn't deserve these things. And I I don't know why these things keep happening to me. And I was in this like funk uh, for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. And then, you know, uh, oh, my God. Did I ever tell you about the apology tour of 2020? No. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I already started reflecting these things. Um, I already started understanding like what was going on, like, how upset I was. I like, like there were, there were short, like, how do I say this? There are, there's like part one, part two, part three, right? Part one alone and realization, right? Part two, my apology tour. So, um, I was working part-time for, for the company that I was with, uh, that I no longer work with. And, um, we had to like, uh, contact, we had this big like sales initiative, whatever. Anyway. So, um, I was trying to contact this company. I thought they were fake. So I wanted to, um, I wanted them to call me, but then I don't want them having my real number. Uh, I don't know. I went jump through hoops, but I'm really happy that this happened because I logged into an old Google voice account on accident. And then I read all these conversations from 2012 and 2013. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I mean, do you ever read your old conversations with people? Every once in a while, but I haven't in, in a while. Yeah. So when I read it, oh my God, it brought up, I started crying and I started crying because not because of the conversations, but because I was being manipulative and I was gaslighting. Mm-hmm. But in that, and I know who I was at that time. And in that time, I didn't think I was doing any of those things. I thought I was innocent. I thought, you know, I was a very kind person. I was not. I was horrible. I was a cunt. And do you think that you were acting this way towards other people because you were seriously trying to fit a mold that society was making you? Um, 100%. I was, I was such a mean person. And like, so when I read, um, those text messages, I started hyperventilating and crying. I ran outside. I like lost all control. And like, could you imagine a girl crying in the corner of DC (laughs) in broad daylight? I couldn't breathe. I was so like, I, I, it woke me up. I was like, you know, I may have not deserved some things, but I deserve a lot of things. Um, and one being the way that people were treating me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had so many opportunities to like meet good people and keep them in my life. And I didn't take those. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a, my bad. So after I, um, after I read those text messages, I was like, it's time for me to uh, take responsibility. So I apologized to three people 
Um, and I sincerely apologize. One being my mom. Um, even though we clash on a lot of things, I still apologized for my actions because even though I didn't mean to hurt her, at the end of the day, I still hurt her. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize to one of my guy friends and then I apologize to this, this guy I like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God. What if he listens? <laughs> Anyways. So, um, I apologize to all three people. I felt a little better. I felt like I released some, you know, of my hurt, you know, to be resolved. And then, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. I'm on LinkedIn and I get a LinkedIn message from a guy I used to like see. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He apologized to me for <laughs> everything. He was like, you were always such a good friend to me. You always treated me nicely. I always threw you to the side and I'm so sorry. I've been meaning to do this for a while. And I was like, huh. That's so He went on funny. his own apology tour too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because we were talking about you, what you put into the world is what you attract. Right. And you were apologizing and having this realization and then somebody had that about you. Correct. Crazy. But it's not crazy. But it's not crazy at the same time. Expected. (laughs) Sexy. Turned on. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously though, like you, you honestly do put out what, like you, whatever you put out to the world, it comes back to you. And for so long, I didn't realize why I kept going to cycles with men, with friendships, with my career, with, you know, uh, like just random things. I didn't understand why I kept going to th- through the same things. And now I realize it's because I was putting out that energy and I got it right back, slapped right in the face of it, you know? Yeah. And now like, I'm at a realization where, and things are just like so much better for me. You happier? And I, I'm, I'm like so happy. I like, I can't believe I'm as happy and bright as I am now. Yeah. Um, I feel like you can also tell in my pictures, like, like I look at old like Instagram pictures where my life is falling apart, mm-hmm. you know, I look completely different. Um, people are also telling me like, there's something different about you. I feel like I'm attracting more people. I feel like I can be a better friend to people. And just things are good. Mm-hmm. Things are really good. And, um, you know, I, I guess one thing I would, you know, uh, I hope people get from my story is that, um, you know, you can impress people all day, but are you really impressing yourself? Mm -hmm. because while I was having this like career and I was wearing all this cute clothes and stuff, like, was I happy? Um, you know, and and, like not much has changed. I'm still like in the same style and stuff, but you know, now I'm dressing for myself. Like, um, like that's pretty much it. Like, uh, like before. So I, okay. When I was six years old, in recess, while everyone was playing outside, I would stay inside and uh, pretend to be a secretary for a big company. <laughs> like, I was typing away on the computer, like, pretending I had reports to write and stuff. <laughs> I always wanted an office job. <laughs> I always it is so to cute. be grown up. <laughs> right? And so, like, and then, like, I remember, like, when I was, like, in the fifth grade, like, I, my uncle <clears throat> bought me this, like, toy cell phone and beeper. And then he bought like, and then he had other cell phones, like old cell phones and gave me like bricks. Um, and I had like five cell phones, right? I pretend to run my own business. 
I would always have my phones like calling me and like I'd pretend like, you know, like, like shit was hitting the fan. You will never work in this town again. Like type of attitude. I was, I was running a whole ass business. Right. And like, I always like, like talk to those girls, like the girls from my past, like past versions of me. I always have conversations with them. Right. I was like, Hey, what do you think? What do you, how do you think I'm doing right now? How do you, is this how you want to grow up? Is this what you want to be? And like before, I always felt like I was trying to convince those girls, like, yeah, things are so great. Things are so wonderful. Look at what I'm wearing. Like, things are so great. And now I feel like I'm not even have to convince them anymore. You know, I'm just living my life. And I feel like, like, they're really excited to grow up and be me. Mm-hmm. But before, I feel like they were a little freaked out that life was going to be something else that they weren't expecting. Yeah. So... I guess from what I'm hearing from you and what I'm learning is to, you know, understand what you put out there and to accept yourself for who you are. Accept yourself for who you are. Don't try to be anything you're not. Don't try to impress other people. Mm-mm. Try to be a better version of yourself for your past versions of yourself to be proud of. Right. Like, if I were to meet six-year-old me, like, right now, if she was sitting next to me, I think she'd be so excited to, like, hear this conversation. And what would she be excited about? Just, like, that, like, wow, like, here I am pretending to be a secretary, and, like, she's living a really cool life, and I'm going to be that someday, you know? I mean, I think that she'd be proud of how you've realized and how you've changed to be a better friend. Um, I, I'm really glad that you've come to that point in your life because now I feel like we can develop a friendship beyond like when I like when I first met you. You know, we've been in and out of each other's life in in a way, um, not for any any particular reason. But I think that like we can both fully give to our friendship for sure. 100%. And I'm super excited about that. And I see it when you're interacting with other people, how much more of your heart you're giving to them, you know? And I know that they feel it too. Like everyone's saying you're so much brighter and I can tell you're so much happier. And I'm so glad that like you shared that with me today. And I, I look forward to like, you know, expanding on that (laughs) you know I don't know am I being sappy you're being so sappy oh my god I'm feeling uncomfortable (laughs) oh my god it's always a good time honestly like yeah I want to develop a friendship with you too but like for so long I was in and out of not not just your life everyone's life I could not handle it I couldn't handle what other people were doing and I couldn't handle what I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, no, things have changed for the better. Fucking finally. Right. <laughs> uh, it's about time. Um, I'm turning 30. Like I, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> with the stress of 30, like come on, like Whoa. let me at least manage my brain. You yeah. Know? Well, I'm so glad. Um, and thank you so much for participating in this project. I hope people, can learn to, you know, love themselves, accept themselves and not try to be anything that they're not because expectations continuously change. COVID happens, pandemics happen. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know where you're going to be, but what people remember is how you treat them. Right. And what 
we want to do is make our six-year-old selves proud. Exactly. 100%. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, this has been so fun. If you ever want my one of my other personalities to come on, let me know. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Alright guys, that was the Tell Me Your Story podcast episode number 5 with my friend Shmila on the topic of, well, coming into your own, realizing your past mistakes and overcoming all of that so that we can treat others with kindness and learn self-acceptance. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and I hope you guys enjoy more episodes. Um, please go to the dashboard and click on more or click on the links in the bio that will lead you to other parts of the human experience project. Remember, this podcast is just one part of a grander plan. It includes the photo series called Let Me Introduce Myself and the mixed media portrait series called Let Me Introduce You To. All three parts of the human experience project are for stories not only to be told, but also seen and understood on a deeper level. Getting to know people and their stories so that we can learn from them. Um, I hope you guys click on those links and expand your minds, listen, and maybe share a story of your own because every story is worth sharing.